0: Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, whatever time of day or night it is for you. Welcome to Breaking On Through with Skylar Moon. I'm your host, Skylar Moon, and today I've got a kick-ass show for you, baby. Hey, hey, I'm glad you stuck with me this far. Now we are about to introduce Who But my co-host. That's right, baby. This is a co-host show. I brought a guest along with me, and he's just not a somebody or some person. He is somebody who rocks social media, okay? He's got 2.2 million followers on TikTok alone. So let me just tell you, this man is the man with the plan, the man of social media. He is awesome. He is kick-ass, and he's full of wisdom, knowledge, and experience, and we're going to pick his brain today. So let me Introduce you to him, and then we're going to rock right on into our story of the day with the topic of trauma. Let's go. This is it. You've made it through with me, your host, Skylar Moon. So let me welcome you in, baby. Time to introduce you to my co host, Newell Boyce. I am here with Newell Boyce. Hello,
1: my name is Newell Boyce, here with Skylar Moon.
0: Let's this Let's do it, buddy. All right guys, we're starting right now. Welcome everybody to Breaking On Through with me, your host Skylar Moon. And today I have an awesome, fun laid back but very intelligent co-host with me by the name of Newell Boyce. And boy, he's got the voice, let me tell you. Perfect for radio, great for podcasting, and we are here to do a co-host show. So get ready because he's already on the line. Hey there, Newell. How you feeling today, buddy?
1: Hey, I'm doing awesome, doing awesome. My name is Noel Boyce, and I'm here with Skylar Moon, and we're ready to get this party started.
0: That's right, my friend. Today's topic is, uh, it's not a topic to think of in a negative light. It's a topic where I would say uh, 90% of this country is familiar with what we're about to talk about. Would you agree?
1: Oh, I would absolutely agree.
0: It is this episode. This topic of the day is trauma. And also we might throw in there a little bit about the isolation after COVID-19. So life after COVID. We may pop in here. But the main topic is trauma, how we respond to it, what we think of it, and a couple facts I've pulled up from online. So, so Newell, what do you think about trauma? What do you think the most important factor about trauma is?
1: Uh, the most important factor about any trauma is overcoming it. Uh, that, 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 that leap you have to take from being afraid, uh, because a lot of us that have been through trauma, we've been to sit in one spot, much of the same spot. For most of our lives. Um, But it's that leap away from trauma that's that's most fearful. So I would just say learning how to recover from it.
0: Right. All right. So according to the American Psychological Association, they define trauma, according to them, as an emotional response to a terrible event like an accident, RAPE, or natural disaster. And they say the short-term responses are typically shock and denial. The long-term responses include unpredictable emotions, flashbacks, strained relationships, even physical symptoms like headaches or nausea. These are all normal responses, the American Psychological Association says, these are all normal responses to abnormal experiences. How do you feel about that?
1: I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, however, I also think that what's uh, normal to aspire is chaos to apply. So again, when we talk about trauma, um, unless it's pretty specific, I think mm-hmm. that everyone that receives a trauma with You know what I mean. It's just it's kind of hard to do just put a blanket definition across everyone.
0: That's why I had to look it up. That's why I had to look it up. Yeah, I See just your- I don't know. I think, again, like I
1: said, it's um, it's the emotional responses. Like they said, the, uh, your first is denial, um, and then the second is you know strained relationships. Yes. So, I also think that if you can find somewhere in between there, first learning the difference between right and wrong and and owning up to your own mistakes in life, um, revisiting the past isn't a bad idea, Um, but if you can find help within that time frame, um, that's also a good idea. So I, I think that sometimes trauma in some ways brings character to some people.
0: It sure sense. does. I agree with that. I agree with that, because it does make us who we are today. We we can be defeated by it, is what my brain was saying to me while I was researching. I'm thinking, you know, it's all about how you take it in, And if you allow it to defeat you, or if you are going to defeat it. It's a hell of a beast to defeat. It is. It is. Can I get an example of some trauma experiences that maybe other people you know or you've gone through in general?
1: Well, uh, I, think I, one, I think one of the most relatable traumas was just being uh, raised in a very abusive home. My father was an alcoholic, um, very abusive. My mother was, she dealt with mental issues. She was very abusive at times. Um, And that's just as a child, um, as an adult, I've had a stroke uh, at 44 years old and overcame it just to become, um, you know, to have ended up with 2.2 million followers on TikTok five months later. Wow. Um, So I've been through some trauma, but it all brought me in, right? Right now, today,
0: wow, sometimes the weirdest, craziest, most cunning, baffling things in life can bring us so much beauty, it's amazing, isn't it? Sometimes, like, it's like that saying, right? It's always darkest before the dawn.
1: That's right. That's That's right. right. If you allow whatever trauma you have in your life, if you allow that to define who you are, and it and, it, and this goes to health, uh, sickness abuse, whatever, if you allow that to define who you are all your life, then you manifest it in your brain and that's what you attach yourself to around you in society. Um once you've learned to attach detach yourself from that, take responsibility, understand what was what wasn't your fault. Um I think you can turn that around and build something great from it. You you can relate to a lot of people, uh, because everyone I think has been being that same trauma. Abuse, I think everyone in America has suffered some type of
0: abuse. That's right. See, this here says uh, from the American Psychological Association, according to them, trauma is a very complicated kind of harm that can result from a wide variety of events or circumstances and is a, frequently is a a result of abuse.
1: Correct. Do we ever as a society think back? you know you got to remember as a child, when we grew up, we only remember the harm to us, right? Um, yep. But we never took into consideration the harm to our parents, the way they were raised.
0: Victim and, impact, brother. That's called victim impact.
1: Yeah. And, and if the way you're ever going to forgive, and I personally, um, the RAPE, or if you mess with a child, I don't think there's ever forgiveness for that, right? I right, think the right. forgiveness I think the forgiveness for that has to come within yourself. Um, if you've sure. ever been a victim of that right, you have to forgive you have to forgive them for yourself, not so you forgive them for their action.
0: Right on. I get what you mean. Yep. Yep. So What is some advice you have for people who are going through because they say the effects of trauma can be varied and cascading and may include concentration problems, memory problems, psychological distress, relationship problems, social withdrawal, fear, sadness, nervous, jumpy or on high alert all the time irritability or anger, difficulty sleeping, intrusive thoughts, flashbacks or nightmares, or trouble feeling positive emotions. That's from crisishouse.org. But they say those are a lot of the effects that trauma can be on us to our brain.
1: I say that I think that's why it's so relatable when you talk about trauma um, to most Americans because, as I said before, I think everyone has suffered from that type of trauma.
2: That's
0: right. 60% of men and 50% of women in the USA will experience trauma at least once in their lives with 12 million U.S. adults suffering from PTSD during any given year. That's from crisishouse.org as well. But I believe that. Do you think it's the trauma that causes our PTSD? I
1: I think that it, I I don't, you know, honestly, I don't know. Because I'm not familiar with PTSD. I know that I was diagnosed with it. um, But uh, honestly, Skylar, I just can't say that I, I I know anything about it to talk about it.
0: So you don't suffer from PTSD, huh? No, they
1: say I have PTSD, but I, I've got so many things going on. I don't know which one to pinpoint. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, I understand. Because, see, when it comes to PTSD, I can't tell you the last time I had a flashback. No, I cannot.
1: Uh, when it comes to raising our children, for example, I think it's not necessarily a flashback that I have. But if one of my children did, does something that's... um. Uh, in the in the in the category of you probably should have got a spanking, right? Right, I right. I to remind myself of where I came from and what that did to me and how That's that made right. me feel. Not not necessarily what it did to me because, like I said, once I got older and realized right from wrong, I knew that I couldn't blame how I was raised on who I was today. But what? The, it wasn't the the beating that that hurt me the most. It was the um stealing my self worth, uh, my pride, my dignity. When when you're an adult and you traumatize a child by screaming at them and demeaning them and uh and, and then abusing them, you still more away for the pain goes away after a while from a from you know, the abuse. Uh, but it's the psychological effects that last forever. And you, I always want to make sure that when I talk to my children or to discipline my children, I do it in a way that they just understand right from wrong, um, without taking anything away from their, you know, who they are.
0: Wow, you know, I'm really glad you think those things through before taking action to punish your children. You stop and go, wait a minute, what? How do I react to this before I do something about this? Because I'll tell you, most people they just act you yeah, know.
1: well, that's that's where I think our parents came from. They they, they were so used to them, their parents. So my father was obviously he didn't have a father, and my grandmother was an alcoholic and abusive. And my mother grew up with an alcoholic father who was abusive. So it was just um uh, it was just like something where I had to finally break that mold for my children. There's a there's a way to raise kids and still give them character, drive, put your hands on, you know.
0: That's right. Absolutely. And I have no kids. But I agree with you. I have nine nieces. And I can tell the difference between one niece I watched get screamed at in her face face with the swearing and everything and sometimes her hands go on the kid's shoulder you know no name said or anything but shaking on her shoulders her hands were shaking her shoulders while she's screaming and swearing and I'm thinking is all that necessary my fiance sitting right next to it his ear he had to plug his own ear it was so loud and I'm like imagine how she feels right now that
3: pork. Okay,
1: you said the magic word. This is what I would like to speak on. Um, gentlemen, young gentlemen out there, if you've got daughters um, or any girl whatsoever, especially when they're very young, girls are different and they're wired different than men. And I'm not saying that it's right for boys uh, or it's right for girls. I am just saying that if you have daughters uh, or if you have girls in your life, they that, that hand on the shoulder, the shake that does something different to a female, it, it allows them to believe that it's okay to be treated like that. That, that type of behavior is, is just called punishment when they do something wrong. You you don't put your hands on the female, ever, no matter what. Now, I have young girls, and I could never imagine grabbing them, shaking them, or, or, or demeaning them in any way. I wouldn't do it to my boys either. I'm just saying girls are a little bit more... Um, and I don't want to use any kind of wrong words here, because uh, I know you guys are. Yeah, you're built to nurture. You're built to care for fucking people, man. You're built to, uh, to love people. Women are built to uh, be the cornerstones of America to show the world what, what, what um, love actually looks like or why or flowers smell so good. Uh, little boys are, are designed to scrape their elbows and, and be left up, not by the parents. By the way, I'm to make that clear. <laughs> Uh, but girl, in my opinion, girl's, little girls are just a little bit more delicate. I think that, especially when it comes to the father. Now, the mother and the daughter are always going to have their, their tip for tap. That's just the way two females work in the same house. That's um, right. Uh, but when a father takes that away from a little girl, he's setting up a, a line of events to happen in the future. Now, maybe not all females will receive it that way. Like the ones that do it, they they take it really
0: hard. Yep. And you know, watching her grow up now into developing into a, a young adult, it's just unbelievable who she's become. I I, I I cannot believe she's just like her mother in so many ways, but she just wants to defy all the the boundaries and limits and rules. And she just... Yeah. She just won't follow them, but they don't give her consequences.
1: There you go, consequences. Uh, to be honest with you, there is no consequences anymore. You can't you can't even discipline your child in this in this world anymore. It,
0: I mean, the only thing you do can do is take things away from them and tell them you can't touch this, you know, tablet yeah. or whatever
1: there d- consequences now. Let, Let me ask you. If 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 if, if I take my my son's phone away from him because he bucks up against his father and his mother. And I say, okay, we won't have that in this house. And I take his... What, what, what does that say when he gets out into the real world? Because, see, the, the home life needs to translate into real life at some point, too, right?
0: Yes, um, yes.
1: Meaning, meaning we can't soften our children up for a world that we're about to send them out to. That's going to gobble them up if they're not careful. You know, I send my kid out there that's not prepared for the real world. If I I tell him, oh, it's okay to buck up against your mom and, you know, there's no consequences to that. What happens when they run into the police and do that?
0: (laughs) You know, you're right. It's all about preparing them for the real world. And what is the real world today? It is, in my eyes, a dog-eat-dog world. It's unforgiving. And we've got to prepare them for that.
1: Well, you know, the thing is, is that it's always been a dog-eat-dog world. We just added a lot more dogs to the world, you know what I'm <laughs> and now. Uh, it seems like we just added way too many dogs to the world is what we have.
0: Mm, amen to that, my friends. <laughs> it's just... You know, you got really good advice, which is why I wanted to do this interview. And this is just, this is great. This is great to hear because I've never known if I was being too, too much of a wuss looking at these actions happen to some of my nieces and thinking, oh my God, it's a bit much there. Uh, Whoa, am I wrong or is she wrong? I I don't even know anymore. You know, is this how everyone's raising their little girls? I I think it's somebody though. Sure. Okay, so I just saw my brother, um last year. My friend, my condolences. Yeah, well, but here's the thing.
1: My brother was raised in a home full of love but because he was raised by the grandparents. He was raised in a home full of love. Uh, he had everything he ever needed in life. He was treated like a, a king inside that house. But he ended up going to prison most of his life. He ended up becoming an addict, and he blamed the whole entire world. For every action that he he got into, right, right. I was raised differently, so I was on. I was raised by my mother and my father, um, and my mother thought father was split up, so I was sent, you know, two different homes on two different sides of the city. And I went through abuse. I had a flight my way through the neighborhood, and um, I got myself in a little bit of trouble, and I also got myself into a little bit of addiction. But never once did I blame uh, how I was raised on it. Because at some point in your life, you have to take responsibility. You have to say, "You know what? I can't yep. do these things because someone else has done something wrong to me." You know, he would never take his uh, his role. He would never admit that he was doing this because this is what he wanted to do, and the consequences were were losing him.
0: See, I was raised in a home similar to what you're saying. Lot of drinking. It, it was the party house of the town we lived in. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It was the party house, uh, no. and it, I, I fell asleep to the walls shake into to the loud, full blast music. You know the old school stereo systems in home mm-hmm. stereo systems. The speakers were taller than me, and I had to sleep through the the loudness, the screaming, the woohoo, and all the music. And, and the
1: smoke I had this to... room in the house. What's that? And the smoke in every
0: room in your house. Oh man, I couldn't stand the smoke all the time. <laughs> I second you come downstairs, it was just a cloud of smoke. Yeah, so many people. And then when I'd get up in the morning for school, I had to step over all the passed out people on the ground. Yeah. I, I was over them to get to the bus. And then I would go to school. And how do you think I acted, Newell? If you have one guess to make, what would you guess I turned into uh, as that, I went to school?
1: Um, yeah, you acted out what you see over was
0: I was a bully flat out. Yes. And it got me in juvie while I was 15. I turned 16 in jail, juvenile jail. And I decided then that I was going to change. And I wouldn't be like all of them. And I wouldn't hate girls anymore. You know, but it took a really harsh punishment for me to, to stop being so angry at okay, everyone.
1: You just said it that it took a harsh punishment. You had to find out the hard way Ladies and gentlemen, you don't find life is not success and failure has to be equally important, just like negative and positive have to be equally important to you in life. Because if you don't know the difference between the two and you've not experienced neither of the two, then you'll never experience or understand or truly enjoy the top, the greatness that you have achieved. You won't enjoy the, the time you paid your bills. Um, you won't enjoy the time that you was able to buy yourself a new car. You, you won't enjoy none about that, right?
0: That's right. You can't stay focused on the negative. You know, you, you. they say that balance is the hardest thing in life to complete, to get, to gain. Balance. Balance is the hardest thing to get in life. And I, I agree with that because, see... Balancing out the positives and the negatives. I mean, I had an old spirit, so I learned when I was sixteen it was time to change. You know, I don't like sitting here in this juvenile facility. <laughs> you know, I want to change things. And um, you know, when I got out, I was on like a kid's probation, and you know, I learned a lot from there on out that it was time to stop being a bully. What yeah. lessons how, how were? Did you
1: that? How did you get out of
0: that? See, I ha I kept fucking up.
1: You you have to what, hit rock and what, what, what. what made you what what changed your mind?
0: What changed my mind is that I knew what got me in there. And what got me in there was beating up an innocent girl. Mm-hmm. Over my boyfriend because he chose to go right on ahead and talk to her behind my back. Who should have been punished? I should have left him. I should have been mad at him. But instead, I kept a little secret and I made a plan and I called her from pay phones and covered all my tracks and got to go pick her up. And I mean, I premeditated the whole thing and the judge saw right through it, threw me in jail. And I thought, you know. None of my plans worked out accordingly. This is all bad. I I could got to stop hating girls. I just thought about everything while I was in there, and I just thought I've, I've got to be the opposite of what I was before I came in here. That's all I thought to myself.
1: as we were sitting there talking, and I was seeing that there's yep. some people out there that don't know that, and they don't know how. They don't know how to reach that level of... Um, Uh, of confidence or even uh, train their mind in that manner. So I think, and I I hope you agree with me on this, I think that we need more guidance for children and not just from the parents and not from schools, but we need more mentorships out there so that we can grab of these young kids right now.
0: Hey, 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 it is time for a music break. As I do with every single person I ever have a co host show with, I allow them to pick two songs. These are songs that are extremely significant to the person I'm interviewing, slash co-hosting with they're very very significant to these people and the song means a lot to them Newell picked a wonderful song I'm gonna play first for you I'm not gonna play the whole song I'm gonna play one to two minutes of the song when we come back we're gonna pick up on the conversation right where we left off and the name of the song is turn the page by the artist Bob Seger here we
3: go East of Omaha You can listen to the engine moaning out his one note song You can think about the woman Or the girl you knew the night before But your thoughts will soon be wandering The way they always do When you're riding 16 hours And there's nothing much to do And you don't feel much like riding You just wish the trip was through Hmm. See, here I am On the road again There I am Up on the stage here I go, playing star again. There I go, turn the page. Will you walk into a restaurant strung out from the road? you feel the eyes upon you as you're shaking off the cold you pretend it doesn't bother you but you just want to explode
1: yeah so some people don't know how to get out of that mindset because their life and and sometimes geographically where they live uh, it doesn't allow them to. It's just an everyday thing. The funds aren't there. The, the means of leaving the area aren't there. And by the time they're old enough to do so, their brains are already just scrambled from all of the nonsense they've been through. I think we need more mental mentorship. How about,
0: how about this? You say their brains are scrambled. Let me, let me throw this at you. What do you think if their brain is conditioned or if they believe, oh, well, I'm already this way. I can't change.
1: Well, a lot of them do. They, a lot of them, that's the fear of moving out of the box. Some, sure,
0: that's what it is.
1: They're af- afraid to move out of the box. And I think that's with uh, a lot of people in society. Have you ever Have you ever watched someone move on in life and you thought, it's almost as if you're just sitting there and you're watching them as they're walking off of the horizon, you know? And you think yep. to yourself, "Why are you leaving me behind?" But in in reality, that's just your mind playing tricks on you. They're still standing right next to you. The the thing is, is you were too afraid to get out of the box and walk with them. So yeah. your mind is your mind is trying to fight the thought of them ever leaving or walking away from you and get further ahead of life than you. That's so right. We need to teach these kids that if you live your life in a box, you spend eternity in one too.
0: right and they are the future yes children are the future they are our next president senator i mean you never know and it could be the mayor of your city when you turn you know 60 that kid you used to know down the street could be telling you you know what's what down the road in life but they are the future we're failing to see this somehow as a society and we're just not taking care of Kids, the way we should anymore in the school systems, etc. Well, because
1: we're not allowed to. Uh, you you got to remember, nowadays, both mother and father, if both are present in these children's lives these days, um, both mother and child have to work um, 40 hours a week, so they're not home. So who babysits the kids? Our TVs and the devices. Uh, yeah. So whatever they see throughout the day and they hear it throughout the day. That's what's conditioning their minds. And it's oh. not always bad. you got to remember, we're, we're living in, in an ever-evolving world. Uh, the things that we did as a kid, our parents thought we were crazy for doing and our grandparents thought they were crazy for doing, too. So uh, we're just living in an ever-evolving world. And I think that if you watch the news and go solely by the news, it's like um, uh, what Luke Bryan said, um, I believe most people are good. If you go by the news, then you're at least uh, safe in mankind.
0: Okay, yeah. It's almost like you got to watch the news to heed the warning as being spewed right at you.
1: Yeah, yeah, but you got to know the difference. You know what I mean? Like, I, oh, yeah. My, grand- my grandfather, man, he, he said <laughs> two, seven, two fucking years, and on his way home, he thought he was going to be congratulated when he got off the bus, and instead he was spat on, and people called Molly Cobb. Molly top cocktails at him and murder and rapist um, because oh. of the propaganda that was being spewed across the country at the time um, during the war. So, I mean, imagine coming home to you, you go to the for your country and that kind of shit happened to you. We've lived in this, this type of world um, for, you know, centuries. We just, it's just now to see.
0: That's right, yes, because now that my eyes are opening, I can clearly see that the news is all propaganda and hype. And it's as if they just want to constantly instill that fear. Instill that fear. Just feed us fear and make us scared. And I've decided to be more of a homebody keep myself out of trouble. I don't, I don't like anything huge with, with, with you know, I don't need a hundred and, you know, 75 friends that are very close to me. I need a small circle that I know I can trust. I mean, I don't know if it's because of my trauma. I don't know. I, I just, you know,
1: as a what it, was, what it was is that you got older and all the masks fell off these people who you looked up to growing up. So, you know, they're family and you're told to love them and you do, you love them because that's what they're your family. But as you get older, you start to see the masks falling off of all these people who all your life we you thought they were good people and you start hearing about uh, some of their past stories that has been hidden. and And then you really start to go, Oh shit, damn they need some messed up people, man. I hate I think I need to distance myself from this
0: shit. Yep. Keep my circle nice and small so I know what's what. I know I can trust. I can say the same thing to each one of them and trust that none of them are going to gossip behind my back about it. They're just going to accept what I just told them, not judge me for what I just told them about, and move on and just stay strong with me. It has taken me years to find a small circle that I now have.
1: Yeah. It ends in general you got to remember, everybody wants to see you do good, but not everybody wants to see you do better than them. So keep uh, your circle small.
0: That's it right there. Everybody wants to see you do good, but no, 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 they don't want to see you do better than them. As my account on TikTok, for example, as it grows, I have some that watch it and love it, and I have some that absolutely despise it now. No, they because
1: don't. No, they don't they love it too. There's the ones that, I, that I hate to admit it. That's, that's the difference. See, there's ones that love okay, it and okay. hate to admit it and will admit it. There's ones that love it but I hate to admit it and will say everything bad they can uh, about it just so it makes them feel good inside because if they admit that they liked it, then that means they have to admit they like you too.
0: Right, right. And you know, it's also hurt people like to hurt people. That saying has been said to me a lot as I actually endured my very first issue ever on TikTok in three and a half years. Now we go on TikTok and uh, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I'm introducing TikTok into the conversation. I just want you to know this man that's speaking with me right now, Newell Boyce, he's got 2.2. Am I right? 2.2? Yeah,
1: 2.2. 2.2.
0: Two million followers. And I don't know how long, how long did it take you to accumulate that?
1: Less than a year.
0: Less than one year. So some people are there to watch him. Some people are there to watch him and hope he fails. Some people are watching him just because... I mean, people have malintent at times, and we're never going to know.
1: As long as, as long as you're watching, okay. That's
0: exactly it. As long as you know they're there, then they yeah. are. <laughs> you know, they're, it's like thank yeah. you. You don't like me? Hello. <laughs>
1: we go back to trauma, and and that's what it was. I had had a stroke on, on December twenty first, twenty twenty. Wow. And, um, I had to go through. So this was December twenty twenty. I had to go through. Uh, my physical therapy, my speech therapy, believe it or not, I, I couldn't even talk about a stud. I still have uh, one. And if you guys uh, that are listening to this broadcast later, if you heard me scroll through this conversation, that's from the brain injury that I received from. But um, after my, um, I'd never seen or heard of TikTok before this. And um, I was a hardworking man, I owned my own company. So, okay. uh, Around March of 2021, I started getting my speech back, and I was able to talk about a Okay. And I was always wanting to be a writer. And my wife and my oldest daughter said, you need to go on this thing called TikTok because you can't write anymore and just tell your stories on there. And I said, no way, no one's going to like it. I went on there and made my first story. Next day, I had 60,000 followers, and within a year, Uh. I had... I had a million, uh, within seven months, I had a million four. Within a year, I had 2.2 million followers. I've only been on there two years.
0: Wow. I, I feel I've been watching you from the beginning now then, because it's been yeah. over a year.
1: Yeah, no, it'll it's, be three years. Be
0: I love your stories, your advice, your examples, your metaphors. It's what I It's what I live for. It's the type of thing that I look for when I'm on my phone on that app, which at the end of the day, when there's a bunch of drama happening, if there is drama happening on that app, just back out, put the phone down, walk away, forget about it. Cause at the end of the day, it's just an app on your phone so it's not that serious but then you have a case like this where we're talking about Newell Boyce boys having so much success it's, it's crazy it's like you, you you would he must be on here all day he must be you know on here addicted to tiktok and kicking ass all day he must it must have took him three four years to build those followers people are gonna make assumptions the facts are right right in your face what he just said one year million followers. It's about your content. They watched his story unfold. Yeah, and you know you gotta you
1: gotta be able to um you have to not be afraid to be animated. People love animation, uh, visualization. That's what you know. That's what life is about. But I think that um my biggest flex about being on TikTok, I, I stream a lot. And I have a lot of um, friends on, on TikTok, but I've never been involved in any kind of, because one of my sayings is, is that it, my grandmother lived to the 97 because she minded her own of business. I mind my own business. If there's two people on that application who have an issue, that's their problem. I'm on there to develop my brand and who I am, not, not um, Jane. And let me tell you something else, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go for that. What Jane says about uh, Pauline says more about Jane than well Pauline. So don't always listen to the case here.
0: That's right. That's right. Time for our second music break of the day. All right. Here we go. The second song that Newell Boyce chose himself is called Save Me. And the name of the artist is. Jelly Roll. And don't forget, this is a one or two minute sample at most of the song. I only can play a sample for you because not it's not always going to be everybody's cup of tea. And as always, we're going right back into the conversation exactly where we left off as soon as the song is over. Let's get it.
2: Somebody save me, me from myself. i spent been so long living in hell. They say my lifestyle is bad for my health. It's the only thing. It seems to hell. All of this drinking and smoking is hopeless But feel like it's all that I need Something inside of me's broken I hold on to anything that sets me free I'm a lost cause Baby, don't wait so damaged beyond repair, life is shattered, my hopes and my dreams, I'm a lost cause, baby don't waste your time on me, I'm so damaged beyond repair, life is shattered, my hopes and my dreams.
1: Okay, so before I had my stroke in August of that year of twenty twenty, I had caught pneumonia. Oh and, and then uh, so this was four months before it was struck. In September, uh, the very next month, I had caught another sickness off of my son. No one knew what it was. The doctors didn't tell me. They said I might be some kind of respiratory infection. BS. I have had the flu a million times in my life. I have regular cold a million times in my life, um, uh-huh. and it wasn't none of these things. Here's something funny. Two days after I seen this ad on television talking about. It, COVID was related to strokes.
2: Ooh.
1: Two months later, I had the stroke. And when I said something to the doctors about it, the first thing they said was, "I've never heard of that before." Let's come straight out of the news. Wow.
0: So, like, so. Wow. The doctor said I never heard of that before. I've never heard that before. Oh Lord. So what do you what what came of it? I think we all just got
1: disconnected as a society
0: yes now we definitely got disconnected as a society uh when covid hit because of all that isolation yeah. you know um so just to throw out there you know did you catch covid when all this happened what, during or after your, your stroke i believe that um
1: that in that september october area i believe that that was covid because I, like i said i had the flu and this was I couldn't taste anything, um, but I could not breathe. Um, it was tough to breathe, and it lasted for almost two weeks straight, right? Um, uh-huh. It was one of I've I had the flu. I know it, body chills, uh, you know, there was none of that. This is one of the weird sicknesses I've ever had in my life. And it wasn't just me. It was my wife that got it, my son that got it. They just kept saying, ah, oh, it might be some strain of the flu, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's called COVID-19. Yeah, that's what it's called. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? We also uh, we're talking about trauma and and, and we we're talking about, you know, all these subcategories about it, etc., or subtopics. And um, I just think the impact of COVID putting us into isolation for a number of months, then doing it again because another strain came out. And then, oh, there's another, we're, we're having another outbreak again. Go back inside your homes. And then it happens again and again. You know, I think that the impact was on us socially of the social isolation during COVID nineteen pandemic was on our mental health and they say that it caused more problems with mental health, substance use, and homelessness more than anything ever has, you know, impacted like and our sub- our substance use and caused a lot of homelessness.
1: Uh, homelessness fear so to go outside. You fear to go to work. you don't have any money coming in, so you're homeless now, right? Yep. Uh, Net isolation same thing i believe that covid is exactly what it is covid covid has been around for 10,000 years It's um, been studied for 10,000 years i think what we went through Skylar, honest to goodness if it didn't happen until we had a, a particular a certain president in, in, in us and they needed uh-huh. I'm not political in this, no matter, I don't I don't have a political side, but see, like, um, we had to have something great big to keep us in the home and in fear of being out public, so that to keep us from actually talking to each other and coming up with solutions, because it wasn't yep. everything else was a working, they couldn't have, they needed to divide us as a, as a people to get what they wanted out of us, right? Yep. Now, you say the second strain comes in, okay, now... Is this some kind of setup for what they want in the future? That's right. Right? You know, uh, we can get and order anything off like of our telephones. You don't yep. ever have to go outside. Are they
0: conditioning us to stay in the house drivers? Yeah, at this point, with DoorDash and all these other companies that are bringing you your food, your groceries, you name it, you need something from from the pharmacy. You need something. They deliver it all right to your doorstep now.
1: And every company wants you to work from home
0: now. That's right. And every company wants you to work from home now. Yeah. And it is causing everybody's communication barriers to break down in society. People That's get right. nervous choked up, don't know how to talk, especially the younger kids. They just are deciding to become these homebodies and it's really an effect from all this isolation. Because they don't know how to communicate outside the home anymore. They don't even want to go to school. They want to do school on the computer.
1: Sixteen, he was homeschooled because um, she was doing good in her schooling all the way up until high school. When well, COVID happened right before high school, so she spent her first uh, year of high school at home, homeschooled.
0: Starting off high school being homeschooled, that is weird. Poor girl. So what's up now?
1: Uh, the second year, she didn't want nothing to do with school. You know why? Because everything she read on the News and everything was all horrible stories. So she's terrified to leave the house after that.
0: It instilled fear in her.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like no. she doesn't even go
0: outside.
1: So I have to make her get up and go outside.
0: Wow. See, I'm not surprised. I'm sorry. I'm not surprised, though. Newell, I am I am sorry. She's She is being that way now. But that's how some of my nieces are. That's how yeah. some of my family in general is. You know, um, to me, it's the saddest thing I've seen kids go through yet. <laughs> it's, it, they don't know how to communicate face-to-face. They don't know how to... They don't... Oh, and most of them don't want to give hugs or shake hands anymore. That's yeah. happening. Um, yeah. And, even within my family, my sister won't hug me anymore.
1: Yeah, the newer generation, i got a younger daughter that's 11, and I have a younger son that's 12 sure years old, right? Okay. And are year or much they don't like devices like that. So, you remember back when it's no personal match everybody was in the house, especially the boys? When we were all sitting house all day, every day, trying to be Castlevania, trying to be Claudia, right?
2: Yep. <laughs>
0: uh, yes, I remember the Atari. <laughs> yeah,
1: I remember our parents saying, man, you know, oh, it's going to ruin this generation. This kid's going to be lazy, blah, blah. Well, yep. after a while, we got tired of it. We just went up we finally started going back up. Well, now my kids, my youngest kids, they don't, the technology is just too mad for them. You know what I mean? Like. Just bored, right? Yeah, so they're getting bored. And my kids played outside more, started outside this summer You a little help of me, but
0: you can't force them. So they actually did go do it on their own, you know. So that's yes. wonderful to hear. That is, yes. it's actually so rare to hear these days. It makes me want to jump up and down for a minute here. Yeah. I mean,
1: that. Our technology to these kids growing up nowadays is unless they can come up with something extremely good. Which would be like reinventing the wheel. Well, I think we're kind of stuck over that. I want to think the next generation are going to bring back the technology cues and get outside and play around the bicycles. I,
0: I got to tell you, that is my biggest hope out of all of this craziness with technology. And also, you know, again, being isolated because of COVID. If they lived through it, then there has been an effect on most of the kids out there. The fact that your kids are still playing outside is absolutely absolutely awesome it's it's killer it's great we had this little girl and a couple other kids that were the you know their siblings that would come on the weekends and they would play around and run around the house outside my neighbor's kids and now for the last three summers I have yet to see them come outside and I'm like I wonder what happened to those kids and I know that Mike still has them next door but where have they been?
1: Kick your kids out of the damn house. Listen to me. When I was little, my mom said she had to clean the house at 7.30 in the morning. Uh, we had to go outside, and we wasn't allowed back in the house until the street lights came on or dinner time, lunch time. Um, oh, yeah. Right back outside. It's not being a helicopter turn. The world isn't as bad as you think it is. If you actually do your history and you gave back in the eighteen hundreds and the nineteen forties, there was a lot more going on there than there ever is today. Uh, let your kids outside, let them get bruised uh, let, them, let them bang the knees uh, if you got to made up. You gotta see a up there. If not, the gonna
0: bobble them up. Absolutely, and you know, get their immunities built up. Hey, hey, this episode about trauma is sponsored by Spotify. Spotify is sponsoring this entire episode. So please don't forget when you want to go and give me a rating, you simply go to Spotify, the app. Not Spotify for podcasters, but just the regular Spotify app, and you can rate my show, a five-star rating of course, any time of any day or night. Don't forget to give me a rating when you're done listening. Thanks. The number one sponsor of this show is Spotify. That's right, and if you've made it this far in the recording, I want to say on behalf of Spotify and myself, thanks for listening. Me and Newell Boyce greatly appreciate your time, and I want you to have a great day so does spotify so let's go i i'm quitting cigarettes right now but i still have a pack at all times because i know in the morning
1: yeah if you're going to give up something it can't be half-assed it can't be just a little bit yeah yeah you have to get rid of it all the way so when you go to get rid of trauma you try to escape trauma you can't just only pick the parts out that that fit and then the part because you do realize you do realize a lot of people love being victims, yep. So, no matter what you say or do, they're always going to be victim, and you can't get them out of that mentality, right? On yeah, that, that's the sad. I will not say, I don't want to say that in a
0: I think that's a wonderful thing. You know, it's for me. It could be. It could be some sort of a weird. Like I don't want to let it go. You know, like I want that morning cigarette with my coffee and my very last cigarette before I go to bed, which I typically can't smoke the whole thing because it hurts my lungs. That's why I'm quitting. It started to hurt my lungs towards the middle to the end of the day. It's making me feel bad and good at the It satisfies my urge but it's at night it hurts me and i don't even know what i'm doing it for so i put it out and go inside but why did i come out in the first place knowing at night i can barely smoke but i always come out for that last cigarette it's like
1: because what it's the one the one thing that you literally have control over, and it's the weirdest shit to hear. It. But when I had my stroke, my doctor said, "Well, no, why won't you quit smoking?" And I said, "Because it's the only thing that I have left that comforts me." Like we live in a world where we have to have something. To occupy our minds and fill our souls. Yep. And, and, and if we don't have it, we go stir crazy.
0: But if I smoke only that one cigarette in the morning and I don't have any all day, I need the e cig all day. And it's just like, yeah, I, I'm half assed and big time, buddy. Because what they say in my research, I got five pages here now. I already said all these things flashbacks, nightmares, trouble feeling, positive emotions, nervous, jumpy, or on high alert, all that shit I said. So we're talking about trauma, and I just want to say what I I've researched here, Newell, it's just basically saying that the most positive coping mechanism is to reach out to your loved ones. How do you feel about that? I, I
1: absolutely agree with that. If, the, the first thing you're getting over trauma is uh, having a conversation. Sometimes you have to have that conversation with people who have caused some of the trauma, because uh, okay. there has to be a way where you can actually start through those stepping stones of life and get over that one part of your life, which is that trauma. And the only way you're going to do it is to talk about it.
0: Right, yes, okay. I agree, because I do have that small circle. That I keep and I 'm able to tell tell them any of my trauma at any given moment, any given time, and all they do is you know they listen and that feels good, and then I get a little advice out of it. some of them are tough, some of them are rough, some of them are very sensitive and give me these different types of answers, but I love getting the input, and it helps me get through it personally since you've had your stroke, what has helped you the most? TikTok. So the person who advised you to start and told you telling your story will work, who you didn't believe it'll work, that move you made is the best thing you've you've done for your trauma. Absolutely,
1: it gave me an. To, to be able to relate, because when you know, we get on a platform that large and you uh, have the ability to speak to so many people, you find out that there's so many people who relate and can relate to the message that you're you know, pushing out. And once you realize that, your know, message gets stronger and stronger, time you're able to bear it.
0: The message has to be true, and you have to live what you are saying. In my opinion, so like if I go like this right now, and and I go online. right Right now, and I go, hey guys, good news. I've got an e cigarette now, and I'm gonna quit smoking pretty soon. Here, here, here are the key words I'll be all done smoking i'm cutting down right now but here's my e-cig device i'm half-assing it and i know damn well i'm half-assing it i don't know how i can beat this demon it's like i'm hanging on to cigarettes and i don't know how to let go
1: because it's your demon it stops relating what it is as being- Parts of life, so demons and, and, and death and all of that stuff. So you've got to you've got to learn how to let go and get a positive message, right? So you have a mindset right? that instead of like, looking at these beings as demons. With that that is being your next best step forward, if you continue to manifest something in your mind, including those e-cigarettes, if you continue to manifest that like that's your demon inside you, you're afraid to let go of it. You don't know what happens when you release the, that. it's that is something that will be really once you get rid of it. So once you manifest that, then you will be, be a lot easier for you to let go of it.
0: I hope I can start changing my mindset very soon because it is, it is a complete half-assed thing I'm doing and, uh, I have no shame to admit my faults. I I admit my faults any time of the day to anyone, and um, I'm not afraid to say when I'm wrong. So I was able to just let that out without any fear of judgment. You want to judge me because I'm using an e-cig and I'm struggling to let go of my cigarettes? Judge, if you will. But I got a good feeling that most people are thinking in their head, well, she gets comfort out of smoking her cigarettes and she don't want to let it go. You know, I think that's what it is. I think somehow they comfort me. Is that possible, you think? No, but it is. It's
1: absolutely possible. As I said, everyone in this world has a vice. Even if it's not a cigarette, uh, uh-huh. even if it's not an e cigarette, even if it's not a beer, even if it's not uh, a PlayStation or your addiction to TikTok or Twitter or Instagram, TV, every single person on a vice that helps uh-huh. them release their attention throughout the day. And I, I specifically will say that there's not one better than the other. If you have any type of vice that hinders you from, let's just say you need to get outside and get something real quick, but you're in the middle of an important conversation on TikTok. If you ain't able to get outside immediately because you're in an important conversation on TikTok immediately, about you reevaluate. reevaluate
0: right on yeah priorities are are definitely uh in play here because i need to set my priorities straight it could be that it's a demon and this demon has got me by the balls or it could be yeah, I'm afraid to let it go because it's my comfort zone so yeah. I can't tell which one it is I think once I can identify what I'm doing it for then maybe I can finally just put them down and not get another pack
1: do well, you think that I mean, uh, you're, you're holding on to that I need mean, as an excuse
0: i don't know yet i I make this pack i'm smoking because we're talking about this right now it's becoming more important to me and that's key as well socializing about it Uh, you know i think this is going to be my last pack that's sitting out there on that porch i think i make that last pack only i will know except i will Keep you posted on my success with it. And I'm calling it a success because I'm not going to buy another pack. I will not. I will not. I have recorded it. It is going on the internet. I am on 42, that's right, 42 different podcast platforms. You can listen to me on your Alexa. I am on Amazon Music. Hi, look. Well, Shut up Alexa. <laughs> I just turned her on. <clears throat> um and you know Spotify we are everywhere and um you know I just I can't have it recorded and I can't have it put out there into the world and not actually try to stand by it. So I'm telling you right now, that's going to be my last pack. I hope that I can defeat this demon. And I hope everybody out there has heated warning of the things that we do with our children that Newell Boyce was talking about, about trauma, about how we uh, view society, about everything that he said. I hope you take the good parts that you needed and you take. Anything you don't need and just leave it. But I hope that you guys got something out of me and Newell Boyce talking about trauma and how we feel about it. Trauma ended up becoming his success. And I just want you to let that soak in. Trauma became Newell Boyce's success. Let that soak in. 2.2 million followers in one year as soon as he was able to speak the right way. After his speech therapy ended, he could speak right and he wanted to be able to tell stories Without writing, because he can't write now. Why can't you write? Can you tell us why you can't write? Uh,
1: yeah, so after um, the after, uh, uh, stroke, it, it destroyed a part of my brain that yeah, um, uh, so caused the protein from the, from the dead cells to kind of suck. And they say of I was in the mission, right? Oh,
0: my God.
1: So I have a I just remembering what I said two seconds ago. Um, that's okay, the oh. reason I squirrel a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, you say you squirrel a lot. I got it. Okay. So when you start writing, you'll start writing a sentence and forget what you were writing.
1: Or so I'll get halfway through the words and then uh halfway through it and then um, I'll forget where I was at and I may have repeated my more than one time. And uh um, Bassinger like it was just better for me to go on and do this. I didn't even realize this until I started doing um class, but I had the boys score too, so there's that
0: recording your stories. Am I right? What a voice. There's that. You do have an amazing voice for radio. I want you to be heard loud and clear, so keep this account you created right here where we are being sponsored by Spotify for Podcasters. Keep this app going, and keep your uh, profile you've made, and start recording your stories, and just hit post. Publish, rather. See what comes from it. I guarantee Tea, it'll all
1: be good. Yeah, this was my very first podcast with you, and I'm going to start doing more podcasts that I my own messages to the world.
0: Woohoo! That's great! Um, All right! That's awesome, service. man! That's so great to hear! That really makes me stoked, man. I'm really happy for you. Yeah, yep.
1: still don't like me to see how this goes.
0: <laughs> it's still exciting, because I know, personally, I will listen to your stories. But this is just another opportunity, another option, another way of getting your story out there. But I'm so, so stoked that you joined me today. I thank you for your time. I thank you for your words of wisdom, advice, and just being here today. Means a lot to me and all of us right here on Breaking On Through with Skylar Moon. And I hope maybe we can do a part two someday way down the road or you never know. Part two coming through. (laughs) I like it, buddy. I like it. All right, I'll let you go so you can get back to your life with your, uh, your kids and your whole family situation and going on TikTok and doing everything you do with your life. God bless you. I hope you had a good time. I really had a great time with you, Newell. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. We will talk soon. All right. All right. All right. That's all I got for you today with me and my awesome featured guest host, who is a co-host on my show today, named Newell. Voice. He came through, and I'm so glad he did. And also, if you download Spotify for podcasters, which is where I'm recording right now, if you are interested in doing a podcast, make sure you download Spotify for podcasters. You search for breaking on through with Skylar Moon. You have to spell it correctly. Breaking without a G on through with Skylar Moon, S-K-Y-L-E-R. Once you downloaded the app, you've put my name in, you found me, click on my podcast. If you're interested in doing a podcast with me, you plain and simple go to voice messages and you can leave me a voice message and tell me you're interested in doing another podcast. Even if you've done one with me before, if you haven't done one with me, let me know you're interested by downloading Spotify for podcasters today. And by the way, they sponsored this entire show. So thank you Spotify for podcasters and thank you to Amazon music As well. And also, as always, I'm not going to say goodbye, but I am going to say I will talk to you later on my very next episode of Breaking On Through with Skylar Moon. All right, that's what I got for you today. And we will catch you on the flip side, baby. Take care.